it was weird because it didn't come up with your name. It just said blocked and it was a Skype call. But it wasn't your name. Like it usually pops up Michael and then I click go and we're ready to lock and load and it did not do that. So what I learned from this is that you have blocked me on Skype. I called you too many times. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking it. I wasn't going to say it though. Two best um friends. Oh, wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs. Or the Colt. Or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the 2M Football Show. Mike and Matt here with you, as always. And uh, right off the bat, just want to say, hope everybody had a nice Thanksgiving. I know the Green Bay Packers did. <laughs> with a win over the Lions, and unfortunately, another Lions loss on Thanksgiving. Under the, the waxing gibbous or whatever, right? The, the moon is undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's been a very busy week of NFL action, um, and we got a busy show in store for you today, uh, so we're just going to get right into it. We've got the Week 12, a little bit of recap of a um, couple big news items, a couple important games. It's time for our final round of Contender or Pretender, and uh, then we'll preview each Week 13 matchup and wrap things up as usual in the Fantasy Corner, where we will also reveal... Although there might be clues along the way, <laughs> the result of our head-to-head matchup in fantasy uh, this past week. I just want to point out that the winner has not been a jerk about it. Yeah, this is true. And the loser uh, tried not to be a sore loser, but failed, I think. <laughs> really they tried, do, though. They didn't do too shabby. <laughs> Many texts were typed out and then deleted, like, no, nah, I shouldn't send that. <laughs> Well, now I'm disappointed. <clears throat> you know who else is disappointed? The Panthers? Uh, Frank, no, I think they're happy. But Frank Reich, who no longer has a job, uh, just 11 games into this his... Stupid. 11 games into his tenure as a head coach in Carolina, he has been fired. And uh, I feel like it, it used to be a rare thing, hardly ever happened, for a first-year coach to be fired before the season even ended. But this is now the third year in a row this has happened. Urban Meyer. And this is the first time I've known of a coach to be fired in back-to-back seasons. Mid-season, right. Yeah, because Reich was fired by the Colts in the middle of last year. And, uh, yeah, now gets booted out of Carolina. And I have, uh, when you get through the little recap here, I have a fun little tidbit. Oh, can we have the tidbit first? Sure. So, apparently... um, Frank Reich and the OC were gunning for C.J. Stroud, and it was the owner of the organization who pushed for Bryce Young to be the quarterback. And rumor has it that Frank Reich and the OC decided that to keep the waters from you know churning and 
since it's their first year, you don't want to ruffle feathers just yet. They willingly went along with it or begrudgingly went along with it. And now the owner has fired another head coach midseason. But for this team, last year it was Matt Rule. This year it's Frank Reich. Yeah. And I don't know if it's this organization now or what, but personally, I don't think Frank Wright deserved to be fired his first year in. Well, there's been a lot of talk about this new owner of Carolina, David Tepper, who's been there for, what, four years now or something like that. And in that time, he's already gone through three head coaches. <clears throat> it's been it's been ugly for them. And uh, it was surprising. They're, they're one in ten. Of course, they've been bad. Bryce Young looks terrible, especially when compared to the guy who was taken right after him in the draft, C.J. Stroud, in the season he's having in Houston. Uh, makes Bryce look even worse by comparison. But, um, yeah, it was a surprise. But now he joins the ranks of uh, Nathaniel Hackett, fired by Denver uh, last season, and Urban Meyer two years ago in Jacksonville. Three years in a row now we've had a coach in their first season as the team's head coach fired without even finishing one year. Yeah, I I I don't agree with this one. This is not something Frank Wright deserves to have on his resume now. Yeah, it's surprising because everyone knew this was a rebuild situation. And I think it goes to show, I don't know if you remember, this was even probably five, six years ago, but definitely before then, there was a lot of time and patience given for developing quarterbacks and or just developing young players in general, right? Like very few did you have come out of the gate swinging and playing and starting and either A, having success or B, there was a better understanding, it seemed like, that there is going to be some tumultuous starts for the first year while rookies are getting their feet wet and understanding the complexity and the speed of the NFL. And I don't know if it's just been the past few years and probably going forward, but nobody's given these kids time anymore to learn this. Like, Young looks awful, but who's to say what could happen in a couple of years? Yeah, of course. And I mean, look at who he's throwing the ball to. They shipped out his who would have been his top receiver, DJ Moore, to get the number one overall pick. So he's throwing it to, you know, 50 year old Adam Thielen and a couple of rookies. Uh, so it's he's not exactly set up for success. And and now that I think about it, <clears throat> Urban Meyer, that was Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, right? Yes. Another another first round overall pick or first overall pick that looked underwhelming, to say the least. And then Hackett, of course, had Russell Wilson, where they had big expectations after trading for him. So there might be something tied to underperforming offenses here. Um, it's interesting. Interesting pattern. We'll see if it continues. But you could also prove, too, with that being said, with Wilson, it took him, what, almost a year and a half to get his footing? Because the Broncos were, what, one and five to start the season, as we'll yeah. talk about later. But now yeah. they're getting rhythm going. and. Again, what was it? all Broncos fans admitted seat like last offseason were cheering. We got Sean Payton. We're going to the Super Bowl. And then six games in, everyone wanted to, you know, fire him and drive him out of town. And yet, look what happens when you stick through the rough patches. Things can turn. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you could even draw a parallel to what's happened in Green Bay over the last month. Um, Jordan Love has looked a lot better. The team has maybe turned a corner. We'll get to that in a second. But after the first, uh, you know, six, seven weeks, it was all doom and gloom, like, oh, love's terrible, fire on the floor. And uh, <laughs> like you said, give things a little time. 
And uh, you never know. Uh, you know who might not be getting any more time is Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> he was benched. Uh, Jets man. He was benched, benched for Tim Boyle. Boyle started the Black Friday game against uh, the Dolphins. And if you thought it couldn't get any worse than Zach yeah, Wilson. Yeah, that pot boiled over, didn't it? <laughs> I think it got worse. <laughs> Just another terrible offensive performance, including uh, one of the funniest plays I've ever seen, where the Jets actually forced a turnover right before halftime. They picked off Tua, uh, set up the offense to try to do something right at the end. And uh, so they were in range for a last-second Hail Mary attempt. Boyle gets the ball almost into the end zone, but none of his receivers were there somehow. Instead, a defender caught it. And ran it back 99 yards for a, for a pick six. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. That is the most Jets thing to happen. It is. That's it is. up the and it's up there with like the butt fumble, right? Like with Mark Sanchez. It's just like if it could go wrong, it was gonna go wrong. It was <laughs> yeah. Way wrong. Uh, however, Tim Boyle is going to start again this week, so we have that to look forward to. Uh, more of that experience. All right, let's touch on our playoff sleepers briefly. Uh, very briefly, in the Commanders' case, they lost 10-45 to 45 to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And uh, then they fired their defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio. And um, maybe just a scapegoat for now as Ron Rivera, quote, to be evaluated after the season. So I guess he's safe for now. Not going to be a midseason firing, I guess. Um. The only thing it's I want to maddening is midseason firings while somebody still maintains their job. Just saying. <laughs> we all know where my stance is on that. Uh, the only thing I want to say about the game itself is a fun fact. If you're a Cowboys fan, their quarterback, Deron Bland, picked off Sam Howell, ran it back for a touchdown. The fifth time he's done that this year, which sets a new NFL record. And there's still a handful of games to go. Yeah, we're only like three quarters of the way through the season. And he has more touchdowns than a funny, a hilarious list of top tier offensive players that I sent you that I forget now. I think he has more touchdowns than like Stephon Diggs, Saquon Barkley, uh, guys that you wouldn't expect. <laughs> yeah, it is very, very strange. Washington fall to four and eight. Their season is over. Uh, however, the Broncos, the resurgent Broncos, as you mentioned, after that one and five start, they won their fifth in a row over the Browns and the quarterback combination of um, that rookie DTR. I don't know. I don't remember his actual name. Um, and then PJ Walker after the, the rookie got hurt. It didn't matter. Full to return. Yeah, it wasn't. It didn't matter who was playing quarterback. The Browns just couldn't move the ball. What it did help when DTR went down with uh, with an injury, and then Walker had to come in. Yeah, uh, but the the Broncos look good here. Russ looked great. Only one sack allowed, which he's, that's been an issue for him this year. Just kind of sitting in the pocket and allowing him uh, to get sacked. But he was running. He looked uh, mobile in this game. He looked good, more like the old Russ. And uh, but I think the bigger story in Denver has been that defense. They've just been so good. Yeah, they definitely tightened up a lot more, especially after that 70 points that they gave up to Miami. Right, yeah. Which looks like a fluke at this point, right? Like, I think that sometimes you need to just have, you know, 
your ass kicked that bad in order to like realize something's wrong. And thankfully the team has come together on both sides of the ball um, and given each other opportunities, you know, by Russ starting to move into uh, uh, even just uh, reminiscent of his form in Seattle, that means the defense can actually get its rest. Yeah. And in turn, give Wilson better field position to continue building the momentum and, you're starting to see the harmony that a, a good football team needs, right? The defense yeah. and the offense have to work together to help each other out. Complimentary football. Yeah. You love to see it. And the, all of a sudden the Broncos are firmly in the mix for a potential wild card spot in the AFC. Makes things spicy now. I mean, just when you think they, everyone's down and out, like here they come. Yeah. So how did your playoff sleepers do this weekend? Well, one game I was consciously going in and out of because I had it open for work on Monday, so I was up at 2.30 in the morning. Oh. (laughs) And this was the Monday night game, Um, and so I didn't catch a lot of it, but apparently the Vikings' magic had to come to an end, and it came through heartbreakingly as the Bears somehow pulled out a victory. Dobbs threw four interceptions. Not acceptable, dude. You were were supposed to be the... uh, the chosen the, one. <laughs> yeah. You were the chosen one, Dobbs. You said you destroyed the Bears, not join them. <laughs> um, I hate you. <laughs> he said clearly to his receivers as he threw the ball to the team four times. Um, <laughs> but Justin Jefferson will be back since the, after this week, which is their bye week, which would have been a great time for my opponent to play me this week. <laughs> as half of my team is on its bye, as I had poorly planned while drafting. Totally forgot that was a thing I did. Whoops. Uh, all of my Ravens and uh, Vikings players are on bye this week, I think. I think the Ravens are on bye. Yeah, yeah, they are. So that's a, that's no-go. That's no bueno. But uh, with Jefferson back into the mix and the offense getting uh, a a week to collect itself. I don't think we can count the Vikings out just yet. You can't count out either the Steelers. Um, the Steelers played well um, with their first game without Matt Canada calling the shots. I feel like this one I did watch. Um, this is how terrible of a person I am. I forgot the Steelers are my sleeper team. And the only game that was available for me up here in Wisconsin was the Steelers and Bengals. And I'm like, oh, great. I mean, you get to watch Kenny Pickett like throw interceptions and the Bengals backup try to survive the lack of an offensive line. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it wound up being decent. The, there was a good balance of run and pass. Uh, there was a couple of scary passes. I think Pickett just needs to work on his ball placement a little bit better because he threw one to the sideline that Pickett went to jump or Pickens jumped up to grab and went down and I thought they were going to lose him for the game, which I think would have turned the tables, but he just, I think got the wind knocked out of him and came back. Yeah. Um, And the defense only allowed 10 points. So, you know, Jake Browning had his first start there and survived it. We'll see what the next coming weeks are, but the Steelers continue to roll. I don't think Tomlinson will have another or continue his trend of not having a losing season. Well, yeah, I mean, that was their, what was that, their seventh win in the season? Yeah, I believe they are, what, seven and six now? Seven and four or something like that. 
So they are uh, seven and four. Yes, yeah, so they're two wins away from clinching another winning record. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, good performance by the defense. You're going to win most of your games if you only allow 10 points, unless you're the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what's, what's there to say about that one other than that's, you know, as much as we mock them, they become the team to watch, though, with all the rumors surrounding the potential breakup of Bill Belichick. Belichick, yeah. So the Mac Jones saga, actually, that might have come to a, a, an end <laughs> this past weekend. Um, anyway, we don't need to talk about the Patriots too much. We'll touch on them in uh, this next segment. We're going to take a quick break, come back for Contender or Pretender. And we're back, Mike and Matt here, to in Football, bringing you round three of Contender or Pretender. The original. The original, that's right. Often copied, never bested. I forget what that phrase is. Anyway, you know the drill by now. We're going to go through each team, discuss whether we think they're a contender to make the playoffs, and uh, we'll include our previous rulings so we can see where our opinions have changed. Uh, we do because they're not there. I you think I remember this stuff. I, I have it up on my phone, so I'll tell you. <laughs> it's too lazy to write it in because you know I do these notes on my phone, and it was such a pain to go between two Google Docs. Couldn't do it. Um, let's start in the AFC South, where the eight and three Jaguars are in the lead, uh, followed by the Colts, who leapfrogged the Texans. I mean, both teams are six and five, but Colts have the tiebreaker. And in last place are the four and seven Titans. So let's start at the top of the Jaguars. We have said all along that they're playoff contenders. I don't see why that would change now. Yep. And with their win over Houston head to head this past week, that puts them in a pretty strong position uh, to finish up the year first place in the division. Yep. What do we think about the Colts? It's a little surprising to see them here. Uh, we have. I don't firmly- think it lasts. We have firmly said pretender all year long. I stand by it. <laughs> the Colts have moxie, don't get me wrong, but I think there's another team in this division that is going to be the shocker of shocks that that comes to usurp the Colts. Would that be the 6-5 and five Texans? That would be. Yeah, you – this is an interesting one. Since the first time we did this, you've said they were a contender – each time I said pretender each time I'm joining you now. I, I think the Texans will make the playoffs. They're definitely a contender. I mean, trying to view the, the Texans remaining schedule real quick here, real quick, just real quick. Oh, that's a good so, idea. Sunday. <laughs> so they, the remaining schedule includes the Broncos, the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, the Titans again, and then they finish the season at the Colts. So depending on how the Colts play, that last season game could make or break everything. Interesting. I mean, just including the fact that the Colts already have one up on the Texans, but the Texans also have one up on the Jaguars. Um, well, now they're actually tied in the division, so each one is one again. Right. Well, just based on those teams you read out, I could easily see them winning four more games. Uh, which would probably put them in a wild card spot. So I think yeah. they give the Broncos a run for their money. I think they take the Jets. Yep. I think they sweep the Titans. Yep. I think they beat the Browns with their current state of their offense. Versus, let me pull up the Colts real quick here. Please hold your call. It's very important to us. 
the Colts, who also just lost Jonathan Taylor again for the next few weeks. Yep, so the Colts face, the remaining schedule includes the Titans, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Raiders, and then obviously end with the Texans. So they, I would argue, have just as, I don't want to say easy as a schedule. No, not easy, but winnable, right? Those are winnable games, it feels like. So it makes week 17, like. Yeah, that's a good call. It could come down to that. See, look at that. I'm not entirely useless (laughs) most of the time. AFC East. Oh, sorry. What'd you say? I was going to move on. <laughs> oh, so yeah, um, the Colts in my book are a pretender like the Titans. And I think the Texans are continuing to be my contender. Yeah. And I'm joining you now jumping on the bandwagon. I've already been there. I've been the engineer. AFC East. I've got up next where the Dolphins are in first place with an eight and three record. Bills are next six and six, four and seven Jets. And uh, in last place, the two and nine Patriots. Dolphins, we've firmly said our contenders all along. That's what we've said about the Bills, too, but they are in a rough patch. And uh, they're, they're not out of it yet. They've got a few more tough games coming up. So what what's concerning is the rumor circulating that what people are, are interpreting the, uh, the way McDermott called the end of the Bills game this past week. Right. They and that Bill. they felt like he didn't have the confidence in Josh Allen to not turn the ball over. So he wasted timeouts that didn't make any sense. Yeah. And ultimately that cost them the game. So it now begs the question, what's the issue with this team? Is it really that it's Josh Allen? Or is it the fact that even though Josh Allen had one pick in that game and was a relatively clean game, the coaching decisions and the time management worked against him and cost them the game. Um, I still think the bills have a powerhouse offense, so I'm going to stick that they're still a contender. They may be the seventh seed in the AFC and not make it very far, but I still think that they're going to be a postseason contender. I agree. They keep losing all these devastatingly close games and uh, they're, Probably not favored in either of their next ones. They're against the Chiefs this week and then the Cowboys the following week, which is just continuing our stretch of brutal games. But I think they probably steal one of those and uh, things get easier for them after that. So I do think they'll be a playoff team still. Jets, um, for some reason last time, I, oh, they were four and three when we did this last time and I switched to contender. Uh, I hate you. They've lost four in a row since then. So I'm switching. How's back. that working out for you? Well, I'm switching back to pretender for the Jets. Rodgers isn't coming back to to this team, this offensive line. It's so funny. They've started even benching the guys that he brought with them, like Ellen Lazard, who's played terribly all year. Randall Cobb is basically non-existent. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's all going wrong for the Jets. They are definitely not making the playoffs. Well, it begs the question, are they benching them just to keep them from getting hurt because of the season's loss? Like, it really just, to me, no, it's always I, curious when that happens, right? Like, these are a lot of guys that Rodgers himself brought, but he's not playing, so. I think they're benching them because they suck. Well, <laughs> I would also just have to argue your quarterback selection is not the greatest either. Yes. This is uh, true as well. But, yeah, Jets aren't making the playoffs. Neither are the Patriots. Nope. Let's move on. AFC North, where the Ravens sit at top at 9-3. and three. Steelers and Browns right behind them at 7-4. and four. And then the Bengals at 5-6. and six. 
This division is still fun. Despite the Burrow injury bringing the Bengals potentially, I think, out of contention now. Yeah. The Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns. Like, these records are not worthy of how close this division is. Um, the Ravens are contenders, and I have to almost put the Steelers in the mix just on a pure record base. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, their upcoming schedule includes the Patriots, the Colts, the Bengals, the Seahawks, and then division ending with the Ravens. So the Steelers have easily three winnable games here between the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Bengals. Right, and the fact that they're already at seven wins, you get those three more, you're at ten. That's almost certainly a playoff team. Uh, The Browns, though, also have it relatively good with the Rams, Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, and then they end with the Bengals. So I feel like the Browns have already, no, the Bears beat the Browns, I believe. I don't know. I just, I I don't think the Browns, despite how good their defense is, I don't think their offense is going to be able to hold up their end anymore with, uh, you know, obviously Watson out, even the rookie is out now. They have, though, at least three winnable games coming up between the Bears, the Jets, and the Bengals. Wait, do they play the Ravens again, or did they already play twice? They already played twice. Ah, damn, because you know who the Browns have on their practice squad? And they're one and one between the two. Because you know who's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, yeah, come on, that'd be amazing. Sorry, Um, that's not a possibility anymore. Well, maybe they'd meet in the playoffs if they do get in. I would love that. Here we go. More false hope from Mike. But and they it would have be at in... least two, or they have at least three winnable games in my book. The Rams are going to be hard. The Jaguars are going to be hard. The Texans are going to be hard. But the Bears, Jets, and Bengals, I feel like are winnable games. So they if they can go three and three. That'll put them at ten and seven. Uh, yeah, true. I don't I don't think they can do it though. I'm I'm saying the Browns are out. I'm keeping them in. Okay, so you got Ravens, Steelers, and Browns as contenders. Yes. I've got just Ravens and Steelers at this point. Well, you know what? Whatever. Stand alone on my island. One more AFC division here. Uh, I was, I was sorry. I was going to try to make a Revis Island joke, but we weren't even talking about the Jets, so never mind. Yeah, they're not in the West. We already did this. Come on, Mike. The Chiefs are 8-3 and three in first place. Broncos in second at 6-5. and five. Uh, Raiders five and seven, and then surprising to see the Chargers here in the basement of this division at four and seven. Uh, Chiefs obviously contenders. Last time we said that all the rest of these teams were pretending, I, and I'm switching on the Broncos. They got a shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think of all the teams here, they are probably the. Thankfully, you know, good surprise, right? Like you never want anyone to be a terrible surprise. Um, but they are they are turning things around. So Big since time. we've been doing since we've been doing this, I'm gonna read you the Broncos remaining schedule. Texans, Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. I don't think they beat the Lions. I don't think they beat I think they'll probably split with the Chargers. It's weird they haven't played them at all yet this year. I think they'll probably go one and one in those games. Should beat the Patriots. Should beat the Raiders. So that's yeah. three, maybe four wins. It seems like 10 is the magic number we keep getting to. 
It's like if they can. Well, because I think we're getting to divisions right now or teams that are more balanced. And given their current record, four wins is in six games is pretty feasible. Yeah. Maybe they just run the table. <laughs> okay, I, Rogers, calm down. Yeah, I'm going to keep them in, though. I'm going to say they're they're in contention to make the playoffs. Uh, Raiders and Chargers, no. Absolutely. Yeah, I can agree with that. It's so weird to see this happen to the Chargers. I'm not surprised. Like, there's again, this all stems from my issues with Brandon Staley. I think they are not a well coached team. There's too much talent on that team for this to be a four and seven record. Yeah, definitely. All right, switching over to the NFC with the South. The Falcons are in first place at five and six. The Saints are five and six as well. Does this not feel like the NFC East of a few years ago where it's like a losing record is going to get in? Yeah, it is. I feel like it's it's always, yeah, it's always one of them. So it's really a battle between the Falcons and Saints, right? Like one of the two, just by pure simply taking the division, right? Well, the Bucks are only one game back, but I agree with you. They don't. I don't think the Buccaneers have a shot. They look so really. Here's bad. the Falcons' remaining schedule. They have the Jets, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Colts, the Bears, and then they face the Saints to end it all. Man, there are like no good teams in there. <laughs> not, but they're not a good team either. So, and they've already beaten the Saints once, um, and against the Panthers, do 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 do. They've beaten the Panthers, so yeah. they've beaten both of their remaining divisional opponents, uh, the Bucks, and they yep. beat the Bucks. So they're three and zero in the division right now. Correct, which to me lends the favorite here. Yeah, I, I, I think. Uh... I have no faith at all in the Saints. It seems like the Falcons are turning a corner in terms of uh, how Arthur Smith is calling the offense. At least B. John Robinson is getting a lot Actually of work. Actually included now? Yeah. Like, right. I saw a post on Instagram that was on this like memes page for the NFL that said it was like a fake quote by Arthur Smith saying that he was taking snaps at long snapper just because they wanted to get him involved in every aspect of the game possible. <laughs> Which is the joke because they weren't using him at all, kind of right. like their star tight end that they drafted. Yeah, right. Kyle Pitts. Um, but yeah, I think um, the Falcons do end up on top of this division. And just by virtue of that, they would be in the playoffs. The Saints are another, like, it's weird because now they're battling injury bugs. Uh, yeah. Michael Thomas is out again. They lost uh, Shaquem Career. Shahid Shahid. Yeah. Rashid Shahid. Yeah. Even Alave, too, left with a concussion. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is on IR, their star cornerback. So I, I feel like the Saints are just dropping like flies. Right. Um, Derek Carr's not going to save them. No, I, I mean, I think he's done what he can, despite all the negative news around him and his receivers. Like, like he does what it takes to win. But their remaining schedule includes the Lions, the Panthers, the Giants, the Rams, the Bucks, and then they end with the Falcons here. They're going to beat the Giants, most likely. It's going to probably be a terrible game. <laughs> but I have no faith in the Giants. I also have no faith in the Panthers. No. <laughs> the only um, time I have faith in the Panthers is this week, because you know how it goes. You fire your coach, you're guaranteed a win in the next week. True. But um, uh, yeah, I think we're in agreement. Falcons will take the division, and no one else will make it in. Ye- I'm going to keep the Saints in there. Okay. Just because of weird ways this plays out. Yeah, last time we both had the Saints 
as contenders. You had the Falcons as well. I had the Falcons as pretenders. I'm going to flip that now um, and, and go with the Falcons. I'm really curious to see what our record's going to be at the end of this. <laughs> yeah. NFC East, the Eagles are 10-1 and in first place. Cowboys 8-3. and The Giants have jumped up into third place. Uh, with a four and eight record, and the Commanders are in last place in the division, also four and eight. Lost to the Giants twice head to head, so that's why they have the tiebreaker. Um, yeah, obviously the Eagles are in; they're contenders. Cowboys too. Well, speaking for myself, anyway, <laughs> I assume you agree. Yeah, the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Cowboys have turned a corner. Dak looks good. He's keeping. He's keeping turnovers down, which was always been a big issue at the beginning of the year. Um, the team's just clicking. The defense yeah, has come alive yet again. <laughs> Even without um, – shoot, what is that? Called? Trevon Diggs. Thank you. There you go. Not that you helped me, but thank you. <laughs> well, no, it's I struggle all the time. It's hilarious when you finally – And I think uh, it's over for the Giants and Commanders. It's a battle for picks now. Sam Howell throws plenty of those. And yet he's like the leader in passing yards. Like, But it's I feel weird. like it's the age old thing, right? You have to throw a ton to get a ton. I mean, he's like a younger Jameis Winston. Yeah. I was going to say Brett Favre because he can sling the football. I mean, yeah, I would argue Jameis Winston is, is like Favre too. At one, remember, I'll always love the stat when Favre retired, he had the most touchdowns in NFL history and the most interceptions good old gunslinger <laughs> throw it short so like 40 yards 50 yards no short <laughs> 35 got it NFC West where the 49ers are eight and three at the top Seahawks at six and five the Rams kind of creeping up at five and six and then the uh, Cardinals at two and ten bring up the rear I think and, we're uh, all clear I know for Cardinals right yes <laughs> okay and actually, last time we did this, the Seahawks were at the top, but uh, they have they've gone one and three in the last month, uh, whereas the Niners have have won three in a row coming out of their bye week. After dropping what was it three going into their bye week That's or something? Right. Like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, may I say Brock Purdy's a stud? Oh man, yeah, you can say it. He is. <laughs> uh, and actually, they just beat the Seahawks head to head on. Uh, that was the Thanksgiving night game, right? Yep. So solidifying their lead. I don't think there's any question the Niners will win the division and be in the playoffs. The Seahawks and the Rams is where it gets interesting. Because the Rams have now gotten Kyrie Williams back. So I think that really helps the run game, which we saw a lot of lacking, I think, between, uh, what was it, Henderson, Henderson and... Yeah. yeah. Like, they were split in the back between the two, like like a lot of teams do by committee, and you just didn't see the effectiveness. There were spurts of it, but not the domination that we were typically seeing. So it's one of those circumstances that are the Rams starting to get kind of healthy right now? Yeah, I mean, Stafford like back. the right time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the Seahawks, the Seahawks are, and the Rams in it. Seahawks are kind of faltering, on the other hand. So it's uh, this is a tough one to call. I made yeah. that call. <laughs> All right, you're saying they're both contenders? I, I, I think so. I think the Rams are getting healthy. The Seahawks are probably going to drop one more. What is the Seahawks got left? 
Please hold. <laughs> so the Seahawks have remaining the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles, the Titans, the Steelers, and, and with the Cardinals. I feel wow. like the Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals games are wins. Steelers might be tricky. I think that's going to be a good a good game. Um, but I would argue the Seahawks' experience here might has a little bit more. The Cowboys yeah. game should be a good. It should be a struggle. I think they lose to the Niners, and I think they lose to the Eagles. The Cowboys and the Steelers are the two maybes. Mm. But I'm going to give them a win over the Steelers. And so I think they end on a three-game win streak. Um, and then they're going to – I don't know what they're going to do with the Cowboys because the Cowboys are coming alive, and they're showing a lot of firepower. Yeah, if the Cowboys. defense plays well, that's going to be a loss. Mm-hmm. So – it's either going to be three losses in a row, and then they're going to turn it around for three wins, which will put them at do 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 where to go? Where'd nine you go? And eight. Nine and eight. Yeah. Which could be a wild card spot. Could be, yeah. Especially in the NFC, which is generally weaker. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I think absolutely, if they beat the Cowboys, they're in. Yeah, if they can if they can pull an upset in one of those. Um, get to that magic number of 10 wins. I agree. So I'm going to keep the Niners guaranteed. The Seahawks and the Rams are in, but let's take a look at what the Rams got. Yeah, I've got, anything else to have. I've got it right here. The Rams have the Browns, then the Ravens, Commanders, Saints, Giants, and 49ers. They could. Yeah, there's a handful of winnable games in there. Three, maybe four, I'd say. Um, so... Especially playing the 49ers in week 18 when they might have nothing to play for. Uh, that could turn into a surprise win if they rest their starters. So, yeah, let's uh, let's go with that. I'm going to say, I are we in agreement then? All three of these teams are contenders? I started it. You're just copying me now. Go with your gut, Mike. Tell me what you think. Oh, man, my gut. My gut is telling me I'm hungry, but that makes no sense. <laughs> I'd send you some apple pie that I made, but I don't know how it would be if I got it when it got there. I appreciate the thought. Um, all right. My gut is telling me Seahawks no, Rams yes. All right. So I'll go with that, I guess. I like it. One more division, the NFC North, which is led by the 8-3 and three Lions, followed by the 6-6 six and six Vikings, the 5-6 and six Packers right behind them, and the 4-8 and eight Bears who have uh, also been on a little bit of a win streak lately. So um, Lions faltering a bit lately, but I still think they win the division and get in. Yeah, I think that's uh, no question this year. They are, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're playing. Every team's going to have hiccups, but comparatively in the previous years, like you can't, you can't. I hate to say it as a Packer fan and a CR rival up there, but it's not the Bears, so I'll take it. Yeah, it's fine. Lions fans deserve a little bit of time in the sun. The Vikings defense has really come along a long way uh, since their early season struggles. And they've got a pretty – well, they still have to play the Lions twice, which is interesting. The Vikings and Lions have not played yet this year. Yet but they end on a three-game Two out of the final three, yeah. <laughs> and the Green Bay is their second-to-last game, so they have three divisional games to end. That's awesome. Um, so they, they're going into the bye. They'll have Justin Jefferson when they come back. That should obviously be a huge lift for the offense. 
and another week for Josh Dobbs to, you know, learn everybody's name and get a little more comfortable with the playbook. Maybe learn what color uniforms are. It's not navy and orange. <laughs> right. But and that's then okay. out of the buy, they've got the Raiders and Bengals. Those are definitely winnable. Um, and then the division games are always a crapshoot. Right. As I mean, of the last game against the Lions, it goes like the same thing we said about the Niners, right? Do they rest their starters? Yeah. I don't think Campbell I, does. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would do that. <laughs> um, so let's just say for sake of brevity, they split that, right? Sure. So that gives them three and two. Um, I'm being hopeful that they lose to the Packers, despite them being my thing, because, you know. <laughs> um, what was the last time? What was the last? Because the well, okay, the Packers beat them forty-one to seventeen the last time they played. Uh, yeah, that was. But uh, the defense has come yeah. a long way. Yeah, yeah. So they has have. love though. So I think that's a really good game. I think that game becomes the make or break for the two teams, for the Vikings and the Packers. Because the Packers then play the Chiefs, the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, and then the Vikings, and end with the Bears. Yeah. They're gonna beat the Bucks. They're gonna beat the Giants. They should beat I the Panthers. God, they beat the Panthers. If not, I'd burn everything I own that's Green Bay. I I think that game right there, that Vikings-Packers on December 31st, I think that becomes the pin of determine who gets in and who doesn't. <laughs> yeah, well, it's exciting. I love having these divisional games right at the end. Um, I'm going to say the Vikings and Packers are both contenders. I, I, I'm I'm good with that, too. I think they have enough games to win to make it that these divisional games have to count. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that the Pike, the Packers against the Vikings are 1-0, and oh, it really leans to their favor. Because if they sweep the Vikings, you know how divisional standings can make things very, very strange. Um, and yep. the Packers have already beat the Bears once, so... Yeah. Um, but they lost to the Lions. But again, we already figured the Lions were in. So really, if they go, so that'd be what, six games? So if they go four and two in the division and beat the second place Vikings both times, that really lends credence for the Packers getting in on their divisional standing. Yeah, well, at that point, they'll be competing for a wild card spot with, with you know, teams like the Rams and Seahawks we just talked about, maybe the Saints. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be really close. I think it's fair to call them all contenders, though, at this point. Sorry, Chicago, not this year. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, and that's a wrap on contender or pretender. I think instead of this from here on out, we'll just be taking a look at the playoff picture each week. Seeing who's ahead on their calls. So let's take another quick break and come back with the Week 13 preview. And we're back. Mike and Matt here, 2M Football, with the Week 13 preview presented by Mike Watchability Index. But at least the first five. At least the first five and at least the last, like, two. Beyond (laughs) that. I mean, that's almost all the games, though, this week, given we have six teams on a bye. Oh, my God. Do we really? Like, does anybody play this week? (laughs) Just a couple teams because we've got the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, Raiders, Vikings, and Giants all on a bye this week. That's like half my team. <laughs> it's a lot of good teams, too. It's it's, uh, it's weird. Oh, no. That means it's going to be a terrible week of football. <laughs> well, there are a couple of couple of diamonds in the rough here, so to speak. Ooh, I like that. 
including my top-ranked game, which is the 49ers at Eagles, mm. a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game, which we didn't really get to see play out, uh, given the fact that Brock Purdy and their backup, I think Josh Johnson, both got hurt in the first half of that game. And uh, sorry, that should say the Eagles won easily because the 49ers did not have a quarterback who could throw the ball. So I think while this, I like the moxie there, there's a game that I would have had above this just because of the surprise factor of the teams. But that's oh, okay. I think, I think I know what it is. We'll see when we get there. Uh, so the, the Eagles have pulled out a couple of last second wins recently, whereas the 49ers are just destroying people left and right ever since they came out of their bye. Uh, like you mentioned already, Brock Purdy looks incredible. Obviously, McCaffrey doing his thing at running back. And then the receiver combo of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel is throwing Kittle for good measure at tight end. And this offense is hard to stop. Um, paired with the defense that got stronger at the trade deadline with the addition of Chase Young. You've got a pretty good team there. And uh, Eagles, no slouches themselves. But I'm actually taking the 49ers here to get kind of get revenge for that championship game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a testament to see what could have been, right? And I think I have to have the faith in Brock Purdy. I think the Eagles, while they are 10-1, and they've solved most of their red zone struggles that they had at the beginning. Remember, at one point, Jake Elliott put up more points than I think two or three teams at that point, (laughs) Um, which is not good, right, for an offense that's relying on a kicker to win everything. Yep. But... You know, I think I think this is going to be this is going to be Purdy's game. Like this is what's going to solidify Purdy as as a starter going forward. Is he's going to take his revenge on the game that could have been, and he will bask in the invisible confetti that could have been. Oh, I like it. Next one I've got here is Seahawks at Cowboys. Uh, pretty big NFC matchup between playoff hopefuls. Uh, Cowboys have been on a roll, as we mentioned previously. Dak Prescott is in, uh, you know, his best form. C.D. Lamb, incredible at receiver, looking like one of the best in the game. Uh, Whereas the Seahawks come kind of stumbling into this one. They haven't had their starting running back, uh, Kenneth Walker, who's a big play guy. And Geno's been banged up, along with uh, their receiving core being less than 100% healthy, too. So it's an important game for the Seahawks. Hawks. Um, I don't see how they can get a win, though, in taking Dallas. I'm going to take Seattle in an upset, and I'm going to look stupid for doing it, but there's always one or two games that I have to take the the underdog. <laughs> I like it. I mean, and yeah, a lot of times at least one of those does pan out, and I'm like, how did he predict that? How did he know? <laughs> I, you know what? I just know. All right, I'm guessing this next one is the one you would have had higher. Broncos at Texans? I, I I like this matchup because you have the resurgence of the Broncos that have been this is what they've been like they were gunning for ever since this whole merger happened with everything, right? So the team is finally gelling versus the the studded star offense of CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Uh it's just like that team is the the most shocking team of the year. Yeah, for sure. Nobody had the Texans on their radar, and now everybody's talking about the Texans. 
Yeah, and it's kind of strength against strength in that sense because the Denver defense isn't playing so well, but um, Stroud has all kinds of weapons uh, to throw to in that passing game. And Houston's at home for this one, which I think gives them a slight edge. I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I can't not take the Texans after just hyping them up. (laughs) These guys are awesome. I'm betting against them, but these guys are the man. Lions at Saints I've got next. This is probably too high because Um, I think because the Saints are pretty bad Uh, or at least uh, fair to say they're banged up at least, which we already touched on a bit. They've lost their star cornerback, Marshawn Lattimore. They've lost their entire receiving core. to Yeah, I would have flipped this one with the one that's a few down, but that's okay. (laughs) Whereas the Lions are looking to bounce back from that uh, really surprising loss to Green Bay. And honestly, near loss to Chicago the week before. Uh, Jared Goff has been turning the ball over a lot in those last two games. Um, So he'll be looking to bounce back himself. I will take the Lions. (sighs) (laughs) I mean, Lattimore's out. The offense is just a train wreck right now. I should should note, hold on, before, in case this sways your opinion, I should note, it's a revenge game for Jamal Williams, the Saints, like, fourth string running back. (laughs) I'm taking the Lions. Yeah, fair enough. Hard to argue. All right, the eight and three Chiefs come into Lambeau Field to take on the Packers, who are five and six, ripped off a couple wins in a row, including most recently that impressive a uh, really dominant performance in that win over the Lions on Thanksgiving. And given the fact they played on Thursday, they've had a little bit of extra time to get healthy as they were missing some offensive pieces in that game. I was going to say they were missing half the team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, Aaron Jones, maybe the biggest name of all those, is still likely out for a few more weeks because he had some kind of knee sprain. Whoa! I mean, we'll see. I haven't heard anything official on that. That's just me guessing. But uh, guess is wrong. Or hopefully they could get guys like uh, Dontavian drive Wicks. down there and break your kneecaps. <laughs> Luke Musgrave maybe, and uh, yeah, Jared Alexander. Did he get his liver back or his kidney or what did he lacerate? Lean, I don't know. Something got lacerated. I forget what. Yeah, somebody shanked him on the field. Was it? Uh, was Tyrod Taylor's? Uh, <laughs> I'll never know. Was a member of the Chargers medical staff? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Chiefs haven't been that great lately. No, I saw some people talking like, have they have teams started to figure the Chiefs out? Like, because the problem is an offense is absolutely terrifying, but they also have some of the most dropped passes in the NFL. And speaking of which, MVS revenge game, you just reminded me. Uh, He's going to take Green Bay in a surprising upset. It's really tempting. It's really tempting. The Chiefs actually went down 14-0 against the Raiders last week before obviously coming back, and they ended up winning by two touchdowns. But I feel like they're a little bit vulnerable, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Green Bay as well. There's a chance for Jordan Love to get a little bit of revenge too. Remember, I think his very first start came against the Chiefs in that game where Rodgers was out with COVID, and uh, obviously the Chiefs won that game. But that was his first start. He's this is a good chance for him to show how much he's grown since then and uh, turn that one around. I'll take Green Bay. I love it. I'm excited about it. Dolphins at Commanders. 
uh, I I think not because I think it'll be a close game, but I think it will be high scoring. It and can they put up seventy points twice? <laughs> well, this game has the highest over under from Vegas of the week at a combined fifty points, and I would take I'd take the over on that. Fifty to uh, the Dolphins, zero for the Commanders. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Dolphins. Yes. Browns at Rams. Seven and four Browns, five and six Rams. Could it be Joe Flacco time for Cleveland? We'll see. What's wrong with PJ Walker? Sucks. Wow. I mean, right to the point there, I like it. <laughs> I mean, they they signed Flacco for a reason. I don't think he's even on the active roster yet, but I think he's on the practice squad technically, but I don't know how right. all that works or the shifting and moving around works. Right, or like, why would he accept that job if if he wasn't, you know? Well, you know, he is going to a team that's absolutely like wrecked right now. So I feel like if you're getting signed there, it's just there's some formalities that you're going through. Yeah, I mean, I he looked pretty decent for the Jets uh, last year when he played. So I I think he'd definitely be an upgrade over what they've been trotting out there. Just hands um, the ball off to Ford like 50 times and you're fine. That's basically it, yeah. Hopefully Amari Cooper's okay. He left that game last week early. A bunch of people left that game early, but um, that might have just been a matter of we're not going to risk it because we're down big and it's late in the game. So interesting to see if Flacco starts. And as we've already kind of discussed, the Rams' offense looked revitalized with Kyron Williams back in the backfield, a fully healthy receiving core, and Matt Stafford uh also helps that they played the Cardinals. Most teams look good against them. That said, I am going to take the Rams to win this game. Me too. Okay. Colts at Titans. No Jonathan Taylor. Oh, my Still God. Take... Not this matchup again. I, I know. I hate this matchup. I, that's why I'm not going to talk anymore about it. I'm taking the Colts. Yeah. Cardinals. Yeah, give me the Titans in an upset. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. This is always the one that we're on opposite sides. Of. We always argue about this one. It's insane how stupid it is. And from week to week or year to year, we're, uh, we're we flip sides too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Give me the Colts. No real logic behind it. Give me the Titans and Will Levis. Love it. Cardinals at Steelers. Taking the Steelers. Yes. Panthers at Bucks, which is interesting only because oh, of this is terrible. the new coach uh, situation for Carolina. Oh, true. Baker Mayfield, questionable with an ankle injury. You know what? Given the record, give me the Panthers. I'm going to take the Panthers, too. <laughs> Just because it's been so true. I think the last four times coaches have been fired, the teams have won. So, watch, the Panthers are going to lose now. They totally could. The Buccaneers. It would be a shock, I mean, to be honest. The Bucks are not convincing, though. They look so promising to start. Yeah, weren't they three and one or something? Something insane. Like Baker seemed to be a really good successor, and then it's just like, I feel like the the Bucks are kind of like who was the other team? I guess like in a way like the Commanders, right? Like their offense is putting like yards up and fields up, and receivers are having good years, but they're just not winning. Yeah. Yeah, like anyone who has Mike Evans in fantasy, the Bucks' top receiver would be happy. He, it seems like he scores every week with Baker, but um, it's never enough. And then the last game of the week, I'm not going to make you listen to me talk about the Jets. Falcons at Jets. 
Tim Boyle getting the start again. I'm taking the Falcons. Uh, yeah. Who am I to argue? <laughs> One more quick break and back with the fantasy corner. Sounds like a plan to me. And I'm going to go use the washroom really quick. Were you going to say the ladies' room? You know it. <laughs> I thought you were gone already, and I was talking to myself. You go use the powder room. I'll be right back. Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. And we're back to M Football one more time. Into the fantasy corner we go for the Week 12 recap of our head-to-head matchup. If, if people can't already tell by the <laughs> exasperation in your voice. This, um, this has already spent uh, taking up way too much real estate in my head. It was such a weird weekend of football, though, because we had the extra game on. We had the Friday game. Yeah, the Black Friday game in the middle of the day. I, I don't know what spawned that one, but. All I know is I was at work and I walked to go ask the warehouse workers a question and I look on the TV and I'm like, oh, the game's on? Yeah, 2 p.m. start time. Who? I don't know. I don't know. That was an interesting one. <laughs> but it just made it feel like such a long weekend of football. And maybe I would have appreciated that if I was winning. <laughs> but since I wasn't, it just felt like I was watching myself crash a car in slow motion. <laughs> And, uh, I gotta say, at no point was I actually like convinced of comfort. Like, I cracked a couple of jokes when I pulled a lead, but like, I mean, football is like anything, right? It can go so many different ways so fast. <laughs> yeah, and it was kind of neck and neck for a while because both all of our players were just having like meh games, <laughs> you know. First, both your quarterbacks played on Thursday night. Neither of them did much, uh, so I thought I was in a good spot. But then, I don't know, my highest scorer had 15 points, and it was a Should receiver. skip mine? Neither. Well, I'm just – no, we can talk about yours too, but for me, it was the same story as a lot of my losses this season. A lot of players just had, like, okay games. Nobody had a big game. Lamar only had 14 points, my first-round pick. Baker only had 13. These are quarterbacks. They're supposed to have big games. But, um, you know, they didn't. And Lamar. Yeah, I mean, I was really nervous considering, like you had pointed out, both uh, my quarterbacks were Geno Smith and Brock Purdy. To put it in perspective, I benched Derek Carr, and he put up more points than Geno Smith. Only three, but when you're talking at that time, like I'm like, man, three points could like really make or break a lot. Oh right yeah, now. I mean it's all fine margins, right? And and things were pretty much neck and neck until the Rams game. A certain yeah. Kyron Williams. I mean, I don't think anybody could predict. I really feel bad for all the fantasy managers that actually still had him on the bench or IR. Yeah, because you never know, right? Because I was getting alerts. All day on Friday, your player, Kyrie Williams, is designated IR, and you have him in your starting lineup. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I know I never really know what I'm doing, but this is one of the few times I was very confident that I knew right. what I was doing. They waited till like, Saturday to activate him, right? Well, and then the other problem was Zay Flowers was a game-time decision on Sunday. And I'm like, well, what do I do? So I actually grabbed 
Kareem Shakir from Buffalo as like a replacement, hoping that like with an afternoon game, like I would know by like just before three o'clock whether he was playing and they did. So then I had to be like, okay, if he doesn't play, who do I grab? Smart. Um, well, but he did play and had a huge wasn't game. wasn't too smart because, like, <laughs> they were going to announce him 90 minutes before, so Bills already would have played. Oh, yeah, I guess he would have had to grab someone else in the later game. But um, but that was Sunday night, so there's not that many options at that point. It would have been either an L.A. Charger or a Baltimore player. Those were my options. Yeah, well, I wasn't watching the game because it wasn't – it wasn't on TV by me, but I was checking the box score regularly, and I just see, like, one touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. <laughs> he had more receptions and yards than than Puka Nakua, who has been such a great receiver for me, did nothing in this game. And I don't have him, but, I, but Cooper Cup didn't do anything either. Kyron Williams took everything, and he had 35 points, and that ended up being – Basically, the difference, you won, it was like 126 to 99. So that's a 27-point victory. And, and you know what? I saw a lot of fantasy managers who had who didn't start Kyron Williams because it's the same thing I approach. Is you hear the coaches talk about working, you know, yeah. limiting snaps. Right. So there's always that thing in the back of your mind that's like, well. Is he actually going to play that much? Yeah. And. Yeah, I think he did fine. <laughs> I was, yeah, that was actually, so it snowed here. I don't know if you got snow up by you. Yeah, we got snow. And I was uh, playing with my kids in the snow, making a snowman and stuff while I was, you know, pulling out my phone to check the score. And and I I think I went through all the stages of grief, like in real time, seeing just his <laughs> stats go up and up. First, it was rage right and like disbelief like this can't be happening to me i'm not gonna lose to matt again but then by the end of <laughs> by the end of sunday when lamar had another dud game I was just like well i accept it <laughs> i don't think you ever truly accepted it i have now okay you're right <laughs> i didn't admit i knew it was i knew it was mathematically over for sunday whatever night. it's worth you are still above me and we're tied for second now with six and six but you break right. out with points Right, we're both, yeah, exactly. It, I'm like, but it's only like 20 points above you that you could easily make up with well, a good. Well, I beat. get Justin Jefferson back, my first round pick. So that right there is 20 points potentially. Potentially. And what's weird is I had him for so long until he went down. I had him and Addison every week, and they both did fine. With Cousins, yeah, he was uh, sustaining both of them. But okay, I've well. got money out there on a. Uh, on picks this week to cover the fact that I have nobody to field this week. So there's very much a potential I will lose this week. I've got a couple bets out there myself. I'm playing Sorio, so I could also easily lose this week. I need to look at the bye week situation for him. I don't have Lamar, but he's been pretty bad all year anyway. Um, but anyway, let's not delay the inevitable anymore. Matt, oh, you have goodness. earned another karaoke song from me. Are, you are, ready? are we keeping tally, though, of how many of us win? Well, I know you're 2-0 and oh against me this year. With a potential... I feel like it was more even last year. year. I don't know. <laughs> are you ready? I have been waiting. Here we go. You ready? 
have all the good men gone and where have all the gods? Where's the streetwise Hercules to fight the rising odds? Isn't there a white knight upon a fiery steed? Late at night I toss and I turn and I dream of what I need. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero till the end of the night. He's gotta be strong and he's gotta be fast and he's gotta score a lot of touchdowns. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero till the morning light. He's gotta be sure, and it's gotta be soon, and he's gotta be larger than life, larger than life. Even while sick, well done, my friend. Well Sorry, done. I get really into that song. <laughs> I do like the improv over there of changing the words. I was really hopeful. <laughs> oh, thank you. And I just want to say, I sure could have used a hero in fantasy at any point over the weekend. <laughs> That's why I thought the song was appropriate. <laughs> I mean, I think, though, we both agree, though, like, it's it's less hurtful when you're blown out. Yes, because there were some decisions I was kicking myself for. Like, I benched Garrett Wilson, who ended up having a fine day, but... <clears throat> but only like six more points than the other guy I would have started. So there's no lineup combination where I would have won. So I do appreciate you blowing me out of the water. Ultimately. <laughs> the other thing that's always comforting too, is like when you win, like I always look because that's what we have to look for in the league. And you're like, okay, would I, how many people would I have been like? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I think you would have lost regardless. Because <laughs> there's nothing more frustrating than losing by like three points, but then realizing if you play five other people, you would have won. Yeah, that's so true. So you have the like close loss that's heartbreaking, and then the realization of just the way the schedule lined up. You're like, oh, really? That's <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, you put up 99 points, though. You don't deserve to win. <laughs> so I, I accept it now. <laughs> Congratulations to you for the second time this year. It's, it feels good. I feel good. I cried a little bit. Oh, I cried. <laughs> like, that you know, wasn't a snowman you were building. That was your yeah. tears collecting on the, on the ground. It was a ice castle for me to lock myself away in for all eternity. <laughs> Dad? Dad? Let Dad it go. That should have been my song. Let it go. <laughs> Not going to cry about fantasy football anymore. <laughs> Well, that's not true. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a good place to end it for today. Choo-choo. Uh, thank you again, Matt, for making the time. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Do it all again. See ya. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.